Hello, everybody, and welcome back into the Jets Lab podcast. I'm your host, Joey Bonsanti, sitting across the laptop from me with his jacket on, my co-host, Jarrett Toromeo. JT, how you doing? I'm ready for the second overall pick, Joey. <laughs> it has been, uh, it's been a rough season, I think we can say at this point. Yep, so no episode last week. Didn't get to cover the uh, horrible Bills game. Lost that game 45-17. I, again, stupidly went to that game. I'm done now for real, JT. I'm not going back. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, the good news is it's not like you're bad luck or anything, Joey. It's just I'd rather sit at home and watch us lose than have to drive three hours, drive back for three hours, and be depressed in another place that's cold out. My past three games – We've lost 33 to nothing, 25 to 6, and 45 to 17. <laughs> uh, it's horrible. It, like, I don't, uh, I'm now on, uh, I'm a four game lo- uh, losing streak. Um, two of them against the Bills, two against, two of them against the Patriots. So I don't know uh, if MetLife's going to be uh, hosting me anymore. <laughs> hey, sometimes the couch is just better. It is. It's a lot better. And we've talked about that. But yeah, that was, a, that was a disaster. Um, and then moving into last game, which was the Dolphins game, we had uh, the big debate of Joe Flacco. Of course, that had to ruffle everyone's feathers online as to why Mike White wasn't starting after he threw four interceptions and four interceptions and five turnovers against the Bills. What What is your overall take of uh, Joe Flacco starting before we kind of get into the, the game with the Dolphins? I mean, I was completely fine with Joe Flacco starting. It's like what we saw against the Bills with Mike White was the Mike White we pretty much expected this whole time. So uh, I had no problem seeing that Flacco was getting the start. We traded for the guy. Might as well just let him start, maybe see what we can do, if he can be getting us a win or not. Spoiler alert, he can't, but yeah, well, yeah, the, I was okay with it. The question that was asked to Salo was, "Does the are you starting him to justify the trade that you made for him? I mean, again, if Mike White had played well against the Bills, he would have been starting against the Dolphins, as simple as that. So why throw Mike White back in there? If he plays well, then you're going to have the media stir up a, a controversy again, which has already been settled due to Mike White playing like absolute horse crap against the Bills. So now Zach Wilson can come back healthy. He's the starter, and we move on with our lives with this whole quarterback thing. Exactly, and I'm very happy that we get Zach back this week. He looked healthy last week. Like If for some reason he had to play, he could have played, but I think this time off, will hopefully have served him well and maybe he learned a few things and can kind of take that onto the field now. Yep. And then, I mean, going into the Dolphins game, we do end up losing this game 24-17. Played relatively well with Flacco in there. Flacco went uh, 24-39, 291 and two touchdowns. Um, Big breakout game again. He continues to play well. Elijah Moore had eight receptions for 141 yards and a touchdown. So Elijah Moore in the past four or five games has really started to show up and he's Kind of that true, you know, hype machine that we saw back in uh, training camp when everyone was talking about him and tweeting about him, and he was supposed to be the next coming of Christ. <laughs> yeah, and it seems like Elijah has now gotten comfortable in the offense. He's starting to get the play calling his way. And to be honest, Joey, at least for this game, it was like Elijah was the number one wide receiver. He had eleven targets. Uh, the next closest were Jamison and Corey Davis with seven each. So. I mean, if this could be the Elijah Moore that we see week in and week out, that would just be amazing if we could have him like this every week. Yeah, I agree. And 
there really wasn't much else to take away from this Dolphins game. We we played okay. The Dolphins looked all right, but we, we definitely played better football than we have the past three weeks, which is promising. Um, Michael Carter, he's been looking great. He just got injured, though. He'll be out a couple weeks, which kind of sucks. A couple points, though, you know, because I really don't have much to talk about from this Dolphins game. There's two players that I really want to, to mention that we were, I'd say one first being Corey Davis and the next being Quinn and Williams. With Corey Davis, I would say that to this point, the signing has been pretty underwhelming. I'd say he hasn't really be, turned into that number one wide receiver we had hoped for. But I will say this, comparatively to someone like Kenny Galladay, where the Giants spent, how much was it, like $72 million, $19 million a year, you know, we paid Corey significantly less money than that. So you're just looking at it from a value standpoint. I think we got good value for him. I just don't think he's necessarily lived up to that expectation. And then before you get into your thoughts on this, you know, Quinnen, I think throughout this whole season has just been some someone who's been playing pretty quietly and he's kind of on track to have a similar season than what he did to last year, unless he really turns it up. But I, I would love to hear your perspective on both of these players, because I think, I think for the most part, we really expected Quinnen to take that next step this year. I don't necessarily know if I've seen him take that star level D lineman. So, yeah, on the Corey aspect, I agree with you that over these past couple of weeks, it seems like he hasn't or really, I guess, since the beginning of the season as well with the dropping problem, it has been underwhelming. But I do think now maybe with Zach coming back, that'll light a little fire under him and we'll get him going again, trying to get him to play harder, be better. So we'll see how that comes out. I, I'm not like all faith is lost in Corey. And plus I'm okay. If he's like technically not like our wide receiver one, if he kind of becomes like a one, a one B thing with hopefully Elijah, or maybe even someone else after this next off season, we'll have to see. And you make a great point with Quinn. He's really taking a step back this season, but I do think the lack of Carl Lawson at the edge and at the edge position in general has really hurt him. But, I mean, defense as a whole, I think, has just been completely underwhelming. And looking at the stats right now from this Dolphins game, I didn't realize that we had zero sacks. And I think that's just a little embarrassing. Yeah, can't pressure the quarterback. And, I mean, it's not like a great – we've seen the Miami offensive line. It hasn't been anything to write home about. So a, a very frustrating stat. It, it just doesn't seem like this defense can generate turnovers, and especially when it comes to interceptions, like, we didn't get our first pick till a few weeks back against against the Bengals, and it was not even from a corner. So, I mean, yes, did um, Ashton Davis have an interception? Yeah, kind of fell right into his hands. Uh, he's another guy who's just been very underwhelming to this point. But if you want to stay on the defensive line, you, you look at a guy who just got paid in John Franklin Myers. I mean, he has done absolutely nothing since he got paid. Nothing. Yeah, since that contract got signed, he really has taken a sharp decline. But I'm really just hoping now at least – looking kind of to the future here for next seasons, thinking that we'll have JFM, we'll have Quinn and we'll have Carl Lawson, hopefully completely healthy. We'll most likely see a revamp in the linebacking core. We'll probably get another edge, whether it be through the draft or through free agency. And I'm sure this whole defense, I think we'll have a new look next year and Salah can really mold it into the way he wants, which I'm excited to see. Yeah, for sure. And I, I guess at this point in the season, uh, quick two side notes, I guess that just came out before we actually started recording that Joe Flacco and Mike White, I guess, were close contacts with someone who had COVID. So they'll be out this week on the on the COVID list. 
Um, so Zach will definitely be starting and Josh Johnson will most likely be the backup. And then kind of looking at um, Tankathon here, we currently we do have that two overall pick and we also have the five. So with Seattle, uh, their lack of success this year, they keep losing. It's, it's like we could have a potential to have a, a two top 10 picks, which is crazy to think about. It, it is very annoying that we keep circling back around to this to this draft process where we're like we get to the point where now we're two and eight and we're going up against a Texans team that two and eight. Are we getting to the point in the season where we're we're like rooting for losses again? I think while Zach was out, I was okay rooting for a few losses. I was just, you know, this isn't the quarterbacks I really cared about seeing. But with Zach back in, I'm gonna be rooting for a win. I want to see him play well. And if that that most likely means if he plays well, we're gonna win the game. So I'm okay winning and having our draft pick kind of fall a little further down the slots in this uh, situation. But if we do say lose this game, I think this is kind of the turning point of the season where if this game turns to a loss, then it's fine. To, it's more acceptable just to say, all right, let's root for losses from here on out because playoffs aren't happening. Not that they are going to happen with a win this week either, but it's just might as well get that draft pick while we can. Yeah, and I'm also looking to see out of Zach this week, like how much did he actually benefit from this time off? You know, what did he learn? What did he take away? And what can he implement in his game now? You know, he always was talking about how he wanted to take away uh, certain points from uh, Mike White's game. Like, can he start to simplify his play? Kind of just hit those shorter throws, hit the easier routes, not be too flashy on every single play. Like, that's just something that I want to see him. You know, I want to see him take a small step forward in these next coming weeks off of this injury. Um, so that, that's what I'm really looking for. I've also been pretty impressed by, for the most part, by the offensive line since Makai Becton has been out as a whole, as, as a whole unit. I, I've been pretty impressed. Uh, fans stepping in there and then Morgan Moses has been doing a pretty good job. Uh, GVR finally didn't get the start this past week. Um the uh, doctor from KC that we acquired got the start that week. So, I mean, finally, every week there's a new video of Greg Van Roten absolutely screwing up in some way or form. It's just horrible. Every single week there's a video. It never fails of him completely missing a block and blowing up the whole play. It was about time that he just finally got benched at this point because he was getting quarterbacks potentially hurt. And especially now with Zach coming back from injury, the last thing we need for him is to start taking more hits. But yeah, like you said, Moses and Fant have really stepped up really uh, incredibly at the tackle positions. And AVT has been, I think, getting better with each week. So our line is kind of shaping together. Now we just want to see Becton get back and kind of see what it could look like then for the future as well. And the kicking carousel continues as well as Matt Amendola is, uh, you know, continues to miss kicks. And now we're starting to see who else we can bring in here because he's absolutely, he just, yeah, did he have a couple of nice kicks in the preseason where it led us to believe, okay, like maybe we have an answer here. Yeah, he's a great looking guy, super jacked, but it's all fun and games until he starts missing missing kick after kick. And it, it's just very frustrating to see that we just still don't have a kicker. Like, I don't know. We signed um, I forget what his name was today to the it practice is squad. Alex Kessman. Yeah, who missed like a 20-yard field goal in, in college. I saw a replay or a highlight of that on Twitter today. So that's great. But in all seriousness, I don't really care at this point about finding a kicker for the for the entirety of this season. It's more just we need to find a kicker in general, dude. Give me a kicker for two or three years that's going to be solid. Like we again, we haven't seen one of those since Jason Myers, and um, 
we're continuing to to miss kicks and struggling with that aspect of special teams. So frustrating, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, Jay, uh, Matt Amendola just missing that. What was it like a forty yarder? Just brutally missed it. It's that just can't be happening, especially in your own stadium, where you're supposed to be kind of uh, have a bit more favoritism there. No crowd noise, whatever. But it's just it's brutal at this point, and I think that really did also kill a lot of the momentum when you miss kicks like that, where, you know, teams expect to have points on the board and then all of a sudden the other team has great field position. Now it's brutal. I agree. So I guess let's move on and do a a small preview of this, what this Texans game is two, two and eight teams going to war here. Uh, Two pretty underwhelming teams. Honestly, I, I, Sometimes I look at this Texas team and they, they are actually competing in games. They just took down the Titans. I mean, as did we, but they're taking they they took down a Titans team that is in a lot better shape than they are now than when we when we played them. But I, I just don't really know what to take. I, they, the Texans have played people well though. They they played the Patriots pretty pretty well earlier on in the season. Um, I don't know what to expect from this game. Again, I'd like to see Zach uh, play well against a team that's not great. I still don't think we're winning this game, JT. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, this game is making me more nervous than it really should, considering what the Texans are. But as long as we can at least see, I just really want to see Zach Wilson healthy out there going through his progressions. And then I really want to see, now that we talked about Quinn and Williams, kind of get after, especially after, like, this Texans offense is just nothing. If this defense can't like hold this uh, Texans team to under three touchdowns, it's going to be a very bad sign, I think, just showing who can really come back on this defense for the next season. But, I mean, like you said, I'm way more nervous for this game than we should be considering what the uh, Texans are and what we are. Even though we're not great either, I feel like we should have the advantage. I'm not necessarily nervous. I don't know if that's the right word to use for myself, at least because I don't really care anymore in terms of like <laughs> on the edge of my seat. This point. Yeah, it's 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 numbing at this point. I've seen too many losses to actually sit on the couch and get I'm excited about Wilson and the progression of the team, you know, with all the young players, but I'm not necessarily nervous to lose the game. Um, let's go through some betting lines here. Let's do it. Let's do a few of them and let's kind of uh discuss. We'll give our score predictions with this one. Uh the spread is uh two and a half. Jets at plus two and a half. Uh, do you have the Jets covering this game? And what would be your final score prediction for the game? Mm, two and a half is such a weird number. So I'm going to say I don't have the Jets covering this game. Uh, I'm going to say that the foul score will be. I'm going to go for a really low scoring game, actually, kind of like a, a 17 to 10 Texans. I have 22-17 Texans. I don't have the Jets covering the spread, obviously. Um, again, like you said, two and a half is a really weird number. I just don't uh, just don't see that happening. So let me pull up some other ones. I don't know how much uh, many different uh, fun props they're going to have available. Like I don't even know if they have any uh, player props yet, which it doesn't look like they do. But I could try to find a couple more that look decent that we can kind of discuss here. So – We'll go with, let's see here. They really don't have, they really don't have a lot, but I'll go to, let's go to game. It's too early in the week. Yeah, I'll go to game props. Let's see it. Let's see about that. 
<laughs> I guess we kind well, of here, I would just uh, get something here for you. Do you have Elijah Moore over under 85 yards this week? It's kind of a tough number. Um, I, I would actually have him under just because of Zach Wilson returning. I'm not really sure what that connection is going to be like just yet. I feel like it was kind of cold as we hit into the break. We kind of saw Elijah Moore, uh, not the break, but the injury that Wilson had. We kind of saw Elijah Moore coming on more with the backup quarterbacks. And I, I, did, I don't really think that's due to Wilson being out. I think it's more just due to him gaining more experience. And again, in some of those games were blowouts. He was through higher volume in the offense, getting um, more opportunities to catch the ball. I would say under, I'd probably say is around uh, 65 or 70 yards in this game. I'm actually going to take the over. I think that we're going to see the offense. I don't want to say like run through Elijah Moore, but I could see us where Zach is kind of giving him the ball more, see, seeing what he's done these past couple of weeks while he was out. So I'm going to take the over. I'm going to see, and I'm going to hope and that we see another big game from Elijah coming up this week. All right, we'll do this one next. Uh, we'll stick stick on the offense. Zach Wilson over under 225 yards. Who? Yeah, I'm going to take the over for this too. I think that this with Michael Carter out as well. I mean, we have a few older running backs. Uh, Ty Johnson only had one carry after Michael Carter went down, it looked like. And I think that we're just going to be a bit more pass heavy against this Texans defense. So I'm going to go with the over 225 passing yards. I would take the over there as well. Um, don't know. I think it's going to be pretty evenly spread around, but I mean, I could definitely see him throwing over 225 yards in this game. I would hope just be, just based off the Texans and kind of where they're at this season. So like you said, uh, hopefully that Booth uh, LaFleur can kind of bring out everything that he has here. And we, you know what? I, you know what? Another trend that I've been seeing a lot with this offense recently is these trick plays. Not really trick plays, but more of like the backwards passes to different players, other players throwing it. Kind of like the Patriot-esque type plays where we saw when the Pats played us where they'll throw it out or they'll pitch it back and then they'll throw it back to the quarterback and he'll throw it down the field. Almost like flea flicker types. Like I've been seeing a lot of that in the Jets offense, which has been nice and, and uh, it's different and creative. Yeah, it's really has been refreshing to see that. And, but to be honest, I'm not sure how much more we're going to see that this week, considering I know it's like first week of uh, Mike White starting, we saw the trick plays come out immediately, but I think this week we might, be a little bit more laid back, maybe kind of ingrain it in Zach's head to do the easy stuff first. And maybe as the game goes on, we'll see some trick plays, but I don't think we'll be seeing it right off the bat as we have in the past. And then I guess last one here, um, over under one interception for Zach. Or 0.5, I guess. I'll take the over then. I, To be honest, I still think he's going to be a little – uh, a gunslinger kind of type where he's going to take those chances and maybe he takes a chance that he shouldn't. So I could definitely see him getting at least one interception this game. I do. I will say I want to see him establish drives. I want to see him start, you know, commanding the offense more and le less just staticky long deep balls that don't go anywhere or plays that don't go anywhere. Like, can we implement maybe like hurry up offense here, here and there and just, do a quick tempo, quick pace to kind of offense. I'd, I'd like to see something like that too. I feel like Zach would be good at that with just based off his talent. Uh, here's another quick one for you, Joey. Over sure. under Quentin Williams, one and a half sacks. Under. Under? Yeah. Interesting. I'm actually I mean, going to go with the over this one. He has two sacks, you think? 
He has what two sacks this season? That, that, no, you, I'm saying he. You're saying that he will have two over one and he'll he'll have at least two sacks next game. Is what you're saying? Yeah, over two sacks, uh, at least two sacks against the Texans. <sighs> Open man, I just want to see these guys do something. Get to the quarterback. Hit the quarterback. Especially, especially JFM. <laughs> like it's it's really starting it's really starting to, to grind my gears a little bit. It's almost like a it's like a Mo Wilk situation part two up to this point. Pay the guy, he disappears, he's nowhere to be found. Yeah, it has been uh like we said, after he got paid, just not a great outlook. It seems like a sharp downhill turn. Yeah. All right, well, that's really all we got today. Any closing thoughts from you? Anything else you want to say to everyone? You, you want you? Owe, I think you owe everyone an apology because you were the sole reason we didn't have a podcast episode last week. Oh, well, no, you were. You didn't. You changed <laughs> up your schedule. <laughs> I just, think it was a. I actually think it was. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Rob. Can we blame it on Salo and or maybe Rex Ryan for speaking bad about Salo? <laughs> we'll blame it on him. Yeah, speaks bad about Salah and then comes back on the air and says that he's such a great guy. Typical Rex move. <laughs> I just didn't understand that at all. But at this point, I just don't try or I try to avoid listening to Rex as often as possible. It, it was such a typical Rex thing to say too. you know, don't compare me to this guy. Talk starts starts injecting himself into a conversation that has nothing to do with him. And then kind of backs out of what he says. I talked to him. He's a great dude. Great direction for the team. All right, man. Just just stay out of it. Like, and I, I'm happy the way Salah responded too. He he wasn't taking any of that, which is good for him. He doesn't need to take any of Rex's stuff. So, exactly. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening. We're back on track here. Got the episode this Tuesday. It'll be out tomorrow. Listening to it, it'll be Wednesday, and then next week we'll continue with the same schedule. Uh, so make sure to go follow us on Twitter at Holland Hundos at Stacking Dollars and at Jetslab Pod is the podcast Twitter handle. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week. And as always, go Jets.